0: This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. This is horsemanship rider Alexis Grogan and Kirsten Zahner. And you're listening to War Horses, the only collegiate equestrian podcast hosted by Auburn Elvis. Thank Thank you you very much. Okay, so that was Delaware State's Alexis Grogan and Kristen Zahner. And they were very kind to record a quick introduction message for the show. So. You know, if you've been listening to the show recently, you have probably noticed that I tend to get a rider who has won an MOP or something uh, recently in a victory, and you're probably telling yourself, "Well, hey, wait a minute! Didn't Delaware State? Uh, didn't they just ride against Georgia?" Well, yes, you are correct, and you know what? There's a little bit of a story to that, but I'm not going to tell you uh, that story right now. Instead, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go through the recaps, and then just when we get to that Delaware State Georgia meet, we'll talk about some things. So. Uh, But first what we're going to do is recap some of the earlier action that happened this weekend. Now we're going to start off with Friday. We had a couple of uh, single-discipline meets between Bridgewater College and Auburn and Bridgewater and Oklahoma State. Uh, Both these meets happened at Auburn and they were single-discipline only meets with four riders in the uh, two events. Also when you have one of these meets where a single-discipline team is up against a dual-discipline team, it only counts on the single-discipline team's record, not the dual-discipline team's record. So What you will tend to see happen sometimes is these dual teams, they'll put out a lineup with a bunch of riders in it that you wouldn't normally see if this was a dual meet. Um, And uh, that way, what it does is it basically gives you a chance to get more experience for these younger riders or to kind of reward these older riders who have been around a while and they need, you know, they haven't gotten a lot of starts. So it gives them that opportunity to do that. And you can do it without a lot of risk because it's not really going to affect your record. It's really just whether or not um, uh, the other team's gonna win. Anyway, so the Auburn meet was first. The Tigers jumped out to a big lead in equitation on the flat. Auburn won that three to one. And then in the second half, Auburn won fences three to one as well. So that made the final score. Um, Auburn six, uh, Bridgewater two. And uh, yeah, so nice uh, win there. And all the Auburn riders are ones that were, um, uh, you don't normally see on the lineup. So gave them lots of good experience. Was a nice um, uh, opportunity for them to get into the saddle. Then we had Oklahoma State do the same sort of thing. Pretty much went the same way. Oklahoma State swept the flat four to nothing, and then in the second half they won Pences three to one. So kind of each of these schools had their way with poor Bridgewater. That's what we expected, and there you go. There was also another meet on Friday. We had Fresno State at Texas A and M. Now I didn't hold out much hope for the Bulldogs to get the upset here. Fresno State has really not looked super great this season. So with this being on the road, and you know their backs were really up against the wall here. The day got going with uh, equitation on the flat. That event went four to one for the Aggies. Raining was also going on at about that same time, and that went three to two in favor of A&M. So at the half, the score was Texas A&M seven, Fresno State three. Uh, so that's a pretty big lead, but there's always a chance that the team that's behind can come back. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's not very likely, especially when they're the visitor. So on we go defenses, and this one was a four to one victory for A&M. So that sealed the meet, but, you know, they figured, hey, we've got all these riders and these horses standing over there. Why don't we go ahead and finish this thing? Uh, horsemanship uh, took to the saddle. AM got that event three to two to bring everything to an end. So that's the final score of 14 to six for AM. This was pretty much a whooping. We kind of expected it. Uh, it was a nice finish for a a good finish for the fall. For Fresno State, they still had another meet the next day. So, you know, they had this chance to regroup. Um, and now let's talk about that Georgia-Delaware State meet. So in the meet previews last episode, I did not think this was going to be very close. And uh, you know what? I think we might have a clip of that. So Georgia's going to be up, be up in New, New England, England this weekend, weekend and I, I think, think this one's going to end up being about 15-5. to five. Five. Georgia, Georgia has, has had some tough opponents lately, lately and, and I, I think they're going to get, get to flex their, their muscle against, against the Hornets. Hornets. Yeah, okay, that was me. And you know what? I sounded very reasonable in that clip. Uh, So let's see what happened. Fences and horsemanship got going first in the uh, first half. Fences... Georgia won that three to two. Okay, Georgia, that's good. They probably wanted one more, but hey, that's nothing to worry about, right? Let's keep going. Uh, Up next was horsemanship. Here, Delaware State won that four to one, which, you know, kind of, wow, that's a little unexpected. Um, And this is, you know, at first I was like, well, wait a minute, did Georgia kind of maybe put in some riders that don't normally start? Because maybe they were just, you know, kind of seeing what would happen. They didn't figure it was going to be that much of a challenge. Um, And there was one rider for Georgia who, this was her first start of the season, but all the others were longtime starters. And frankly, that girl who was the first-time starter, she got her point. It was the other four who didn't, so it wasn't her fault. Um, You know, their they're, they're Georgia's horsemanship riders just did not win their points, and that happens, especially if it's on the road, and there you go. So that made the halftime score 6-4 to four in favor of Delaware State. So when you see a score like this in the first half, you know, the, the favorite team is behind, you feel like, okay, well, things are going to fix themselves, that higher-ranked team, they're going to get it together in the second half. So let's see what happened in the second half. Uh, raining went back and forth. Uh, DCU would get a point, then um, Georgia would, and then DCU, then Georgia would, and then DCU. So it went back and forth like that, and the Hornets took the majority there. So it was three to two, and they were sitting on uh, nine points. They only need one or two, depending on how many ties were going to end up happening, uh, to win the whole day. So, we go on to flat. Delaware State got the first point, which put them at 10. So, the next point was a tie. So, that right there did it. Uh, that won the meet right there. Uh, Georgia took two more points, and then uh, Delaware State got that last one. But it really didn't matter, because the final score was 11-8, and Delaware State had won, y'all. Um, mm. My goodness, what an upset. I mean, this on Twitter, I said this was bigger than the upset that UC Davis put on Auburn earlier in the season. But I was kind of thinking that Delaware State was not ranked. Turns out they are ranked number 10, Um, so I guess technically this is not uh, that big of an upset, but it feels like a bigger upset than that UC Davis one was. And you know what? Today, we are doing equitation over feelings. That was a bigger upset. So congratulations, Delaware State. This was unexpected. It was one heck of a way for y'all to end the fall. Uh, Of course, y'all did have a little another single discipline meet. We'll talk about that later. Um, For Georgia, I can tell you this is not really how they wanted to end up things. Um, They've had a little rough stretch here recently, but it's not the end of the world. They can turn this thing around when things get going again in the spring. Uh, but of course, until then, they're going to have to sit and stew about this. And while they are stewing about this, we will take a short break and we will come back after that uh, with some more recaps. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Uh, the next meet to look at is South Dakota State at UT Martin. Now, I didn't hold out much hope for the Jackrabbits to get the upset here. As we just saw, being at home is a big deal. And, uh, you know, when you got these uh, programs going at one another, it just, you know, it's tough to get a, a road win as it is. But when you've got one team that's probably a little bit bigger and got more talent, even harder. But let's see how it went. Fences was the first event of the day. That went four to one in favor of the Skyhawks. So right there, the home team came out strong. Uh, horsemanship was up next. Here, the Jackrabbits actually got the better of things. They won the event, uh, three to two. Uh, and that actually tracks with their stats this year. Uh, horsemanship is an event that UT Martin really needs to see some improvement in if they're going to upset some of the teams better than them. Um, so anyway, the halftime score here was six to four in favor of UT Martin. So nice lead, but not as big as they probably were hoping for. In the second half though, they had flat next. Uh, South Dakota State has struggled on the flat all season. So they continued to struggle on Saturday and, uh, the points went four to one against them as well. Then, uh, we just had reigning to go. Uh, the meet was all but decided UT Martin took reigning three to one and made the final score 13 to six. So nice win for the Skyhawks for the Jackrabbits. Uh, they know where they need to improve and you know, if they do that, who knows they might end up pulling some upsets and and move up the rankings in the conference standings and stuff like that. But for right now, this is kind of where they are. Uh, we've still got a ways to go here. Let's keep recapping some meets. Uh, Fresno State went over to Baylor on the second half of their Texas road trip, and things went a little bit better for them than they had the day before. Fences and horsemanship, uh, went first. In fences, this was a two-to-two draw, so both teams looked good there. In horsemanship, Fresno State took the advantage. They won three-to-two. So, at the half, the Bulldogs actually had the lead. Small one, but still, five-to-four, that's a lead. On we go to the second half uh, with expectation on the flat. Here, uh, Baylor won 3-1 to and took the lead. The score was now uh, 7-6. to So Baylor had that little bit of a lead just in front with reigning still to go. And this is kind of where the wheels fell off for Fresno State. Baylor won the event 4-1 to and that made the overall score 11-7 Baylor. So it was close right up until when it wasn't close. But uh, this is a win for Baylor. They needed this to stay in the Big 12 title hunt. It's one that Fresno State probably wishes they could have gotten, and you know, there were points probably they probably could have gotten. But anyway, the good news for the Bulldogs is that they've got um, some winnable home meets coming up uh, once the action resumes in February for them. So they could actually climb back into the national discussion if they can get hot. Now, we also had a single discipline meet. Uh, Lynchburg uh, rode against Georgia. Georgia knows how good Lynchburg is, so they did not take any chances. Um, everybody in the Bulldogs lineup was an experienced rider here. Uh, the flat was up first. They swept the event 5 nothing. Good job to those ladies. Uh, then Fences was next, and the Bulldogs took that event 4-1 to with uh, Lynchburg's Jordan Turing, the only scoring rider for them in the meet. So it was a 9-1 to thrashing by Georgia. It gave them something to cheer about on their long flight home. So now we're going to jump ahead to Saturday here for just a minute. We're going to recap Lynchburg at Delaware State before we get to that Auburn-Oklahoma State meet. Now we knew this one was going to be tough between these two uh, pair of Hornets. Fences was first, Delaware State won that 3-2, then Flat was second, and Lynchburg won that one 3-2. to So, ended up in a tie, 5-5 tie. So what you do in that case, you got to go back and total up all the judges' scores. In that tiebreaker, Lynchburg won 834 to 829. So, very close, but a nice win for Lynchburg over a bigger program. Good job, Hornets. Now, we're going to jump back in time to Friday and look at the meat of the week, Oklahoma State at Auburn. Now, when I did the pre-meet matchups for this one, it looked pretty even. I thought Auburn would have a little bit of an advantage in fences. Uh, Flat would be about even. Auburn would maybe have the advantage in horsemanship. And in reigning, I kind of thought Oklahoma State would have a little bit of an advantage. So that's kind of how it looked. Um, I think I picked in my uh, preview last week on the podcast uh, for Auburn to win 12-7. But let's see what exactly happened. So the meet began with equitation on the flat. Now, Auburn's flat group started out this season a bit shaky, but they have looked really strong recently uh, against Texas A&M last week. They were really good, so this week they looked, again, very good. Auburn won the flat 4-1. to one. Raining was the other event going on, and I'll tell you that this Auburn Raining bunch, I have maligned them a little bit this fall. Well, the reigning squad went 4-0 and um, on the day against Oklahoma State. So, at the half, the score was a whopping 8-1 to Auburn lead. Now, keep in mind, Auburn started off the same way back at Oklahoma State last year, but the difference here is, A, the lead is a little bit larger this time, and B, that meet last year started with Auburn's two strongest events, and this one started with Auburn's two weaker events. So if they've got that lead with these events, it's looking really good for Auburn at this point. So I think you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, fences kicked off in the second half, and here is where Auburn slammed the door shut. They swept the event 5 to nothing. Horsemanship was the last one of the day, and here's where Oklahoma State had their best effort. They won that of 3-2, to two. And that's actually kind of noteworthy considering how talented Auburn is in horsemanship. So that's a a bit of a a moral victory there. So the final score here was Auburn 15, Oklahoma State 4. Big win for Auburn. It keeps the home winning streak alive. I believe it's up to about 26 straight home meets now. Anyway, it stretches back to November 10th of 2017 against Georgia. was the last time they lost at home. The Tigers are probably the second best team in the nation. They have that crazy loss to UC Davis, but other than that, they've been getting it done at home and on the road, which only SMU can say that other than Auburn. For Oklahoma State, this would have been a big win to get, but as a loss, it's not the end of the world. They're still looming in that Big 12 title hunt, and if they can clean up some things in flat and raining probably, then they could make another big postseason run. Now last week, I did a big in-depth treatment of each team's rankings. This week, I'm going to just hit the highlights for you. Uh, Keep in mind the top eight is really what we're concerned about because the cutoff point—that's where it is for the national championship. SMU is number one. They're undefeated. They beat Oklahoma State on the road, uh, so they're the best right now. They go on the road a bunch in the spring, and they'll probably pick up some losses then. But until that happens, it's the Mustangs' world. TCU is number two. They beat Oklahoma State at home. They beat Texas A&M on the road, and they lost to Baylor on the road. They did some other stuff, but those are your highlights. Uh, No big negatives, so they're number two in the nation. Auburn is number three. They beat Texas A&M and Oklahoma State at home. They beat South Carolina and Georgia on the road, but that loss to UC Davis on the road is really kind of something you just can't get past. Um, They're probably a a little bit better than TCU, but that that loss still has to be factored in. Texas A&M is number four. Uh, They lost to the two teams above them, TCU and Auburn. TCU was at home. Auburn was on the road. They also lost at Georgia. They beat South Carolina at home and UC Davis on the road. Not the best resume, but it's better than most teams. South Carolina is number five. They beat Baylor and Georgia at home. They lost at A&M. Lost at home to Auburn. Uh, The home loss to Auburn isn't ideal, but otherwise this is a pretty realistic resume. If the Auburn loss had been on the road, they'd be ranked even higher, but oh well. This is, it's still pretty nice considering how last season went for them. Oklahoma State is number six. They lost to SMU at home. They lost to TCU and Auburn on the road. They beat Baylor at home, so not a super resume right now. Um, not better than the teams above them, but not worse than the teams below them. Georgia has dropped to number seven. They beat Baylor and Texas a at home. They beat UC Davis on the road, but they lost uh, to Auburn at home and they lost to South Carolina or at South Carolina and Delaware State on the road. So the Bulldogs are not in danger of not making the playoff right now, but they're really going to need to get some big wins in the spring just to be safe. And the number eight team right now is Baylor. They lost at South Carolina, at Georgia, at Oklahoma State, at SMU, but they beat TCU at home. Their season gets a little easier in the spring for Baylor, but uh, they really are going to need more to crow about than that TCU home win. So like I said, after eight, it doesn't really matter at the end of the season, but we're not quite at the end of the season yet, so I'll just at least mention those teams that are trying to jump over uh, Georgia and Baylor. UC Davis has that Auburn home win, but otherwise they haven't beaten anyone of note. Uh, UT Martin hasn't beaten anyone above them. They beat S- Delaware State on the road and South Dakota State at a neutral site, which is pretty good. Delaware State had a big upset over Georgia, but the loss to UT Martin will keep them right down here. Uh, and then there's South Dakota State, Minnesota Crookston, and Barry College, who are smaller programs without a lot of wins, unless it's against one of them. Um, real quickly, we'll do the single discipline teams. Lynchburg is number one. They're the defending champs. They're undefeated, and they're looking sharp. Sweetbriar is number two. They're looking good, too. They could possibly pull the upset over um, uh, Lynchburg and Ocala. Number three is Swanee. Number four is whichever team happens to be the home team that day among Dartmouth, Sacred Heart, and Bridgewater. So, there you have it. I don't really have any other ending segments for this episode, so I'll just say be safe and have a fun and pleasant holiday season. Uh, We'll get back into the action at the end of January. Until then, that's all for this episode of War Horses. I'm Albert Elvis. thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.